very excited for this. It's a laundry on Do not be laundry on It's such a good day to catch up. Okay. We are um, looking at certain halachot with regard to um, Erev Shabbos, preparing for Shabbos. We spoke about um, the good uh, practice of uh, dedicating special foods um, for Shabbos. Spoke about uh, Hilal and Shammai. Um, and now we move on to the Gezeira that we found um, in um, with regard to uh, laundering clothes uh, for for Shabbos. Um, and so you can find it on page 37. Um even 30, yeah, 36. Don't understand where the 36 go. Sorry, not so much. Is it possible that I wouldn't have skipped page 36? All right, so there was a uh, the Gemara in Masechet Baba Kama brings a list of uh, various enactments, takanot, that Ezra made um, and one of them was specifically to force us to do um, laundry on, on Thursday um, and of course the question of, you know, number one what was the real drive behind the behind the Gzairah? So there are one or two ways to, to look at this. So if you have a look on page uh, 37, um, so you see like this, that um, there, one can actually conclude that in those days it took so long to actually do a load of laundry that if you if you didn't do it, with enough advanced warning uh, before Shabbos, um, it would take up all of Friday, which would then gobble up any opportunity for other preparations of Shabbos, you know, to be a, to be achieved. So that's how the Mishnah Brewer starts off. Um, note twenty-two, Kadesh second line, Kadesh Yupnuim that you'll be free litasek b'torch Shabbos. You know, to actually deal with other matters that can only be done on Erev Shabbos. Um, and in order to make sure that you always have a clean set of clothing for Shabbos, you know, Ezra made a takana that you would have to do laundry Erev, Erev Shabbos. So it's interesting that one could have thought that that, that's, that, that the gzaira is really to make sure that you have clean clothes for Shabbos. And this is, yeah, this is not, this is, this seems to be a separate kind of reason to free you up to be able to do other things on Shabbos. And and the, the difference between the two different ways of looking at this, Gezeira. Can you say that again? One is to make sure that you have clean clothes for Shabbos. And the other, so that, that's why you're doing it on, on, on Erev Shabbos. Um, so that you have clean clothes for Shabbos. In theory, you could do it on Friday, but you might forget, might take too long. So in order to make sure that you have clothes that are clean for Shabbos, do already on Thursday. Yeah. And the other is to say, no, you could possibly make a case that you can do your laundry on Friday and not run into trouble. You'd have, you'd have clean clothes for Shabbos. But because it takes so long to do it, you, you essentially eat up any other preparation time for something else on Shabbos. Therefore, get this out the way and do it on Erev Shabbos yes. on Thursday. Yeah. So, this uh, this would be an interesting um, point here, is to to try and uh, determine what the different the difference would be. The nafkamina would be between 
these two swaras, these two, you know, uh, explanations of why the gzera is in play. So if you hold that, um, the whole reason is for you to be able to um, do something in advance so that you doesn't take up time for other preparatory steps or Shabbos. So you could you could you could say that today. Well, you know, I need that as well. Today, I, you know, even though laundry doesn't take a long time, but I've got so many other things to do before Shabbos. So I might have to then still adhere to the takona of of Ezra. But if you say that the whole takona of Ezra is based on the fact that it takes you a long time to do laundry, and you want to make sure that you have laundry for Shabbos, clean clothes for Shabbos, why do I need to do it on Thursday? I mean, I can do a load of washing in an hour. So the whole real the real shaila is, you know, does this gzaira really apply today? That's what uh, that is what is discussed. Well, it says here, according to Islam, must be careful not to wear one garment for a number of shabbos days between washings, so that he doesn't violate the statement. What? Because then it means that you need a clean clothes for shabbos. So yeah. If you're wearing them a few times without washing them, they're not going to be clean. Yeah. So, um, one shabbos, two shabbos days. There's a new how many? Is it how many shabbos that it could take to make your clothes dirty? So, if it's so two would be okay, for example, it's not clear. Weird, no, it sounds like even one, like it means like if you wear one, if you wear your shirt, whatever, for shabbos, um, and and you then just hang it up in your Cupboard and you wear it again the next Shabbos. What happens if it was still clean? Yeah, but in those days, in other words, the idea was no, even if it's relatively clean, it's not fresh. It's not but, to wash it after Shabbos. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, so this became an interesting shaila here with regard to today's scenario because of washing machines. So you see a note there, note twenty-four from the Shmirah Shabbat Kilchata. Does this enactment of Ezra still uh, is still is it still in force today? Because everybody's using washing machines. That doesn't that doesn't really put you know put pressure on you, Erev Shabbos. Um so that's the question whether you know whether this is true. Um and then he adds a note here, Veloshaiah Khan Lomar, the Bainan Garol Bhokhmo Vaminyan Levatel Takanat Ezra. Um, so he makes a comment here, which is an interesting comment, and that is as follows. We have a, we have a principle um, based on a Gemari Masechet Megillah that if a, if a Beisdin come along and enact a, a, a decree, I want to make a gazera. Um, the nature of that of that gazera, uh, a, a gazera generally needs to be done with a reason in mind. Chazal can't just come along and uh, in, you know place upon us uh, a law without any reason whatsoever. There's got to be a reason behind what they what they're doing, you know. Um, otherwise, it will be like a, a mitzvah, or, you know, with baltosif. You're adding to mitzvahs that Hashem gave us without a reason. There's got to be a reason to to safeguard something, to enhance something. To, so there's always got to be a reason. So whenever Chazal make a gzaira or a takana, you know, a gzaira is normally to stop you violating something. A takana is to enhance something. So whenever they do this, they would have a svara that have a piece of logic behind it. 
They have a reason as to why they did it. What happens if that if that reason disappears? And the reason is no longer applicable. What happens to Xerat Chazal? Do we say that, well, we don't know the exact reason or the entire reason, the depth of their understanding. So no matter what, even if the so-called official reason disappears, you know, we still got to keep the Xerat going. What do you say? No. If the reason of the Xerat that we know of disappears, and the Xerat disappears, because only there based on that reason. This is a big question. So the Gemara has a, a rule that says that in order to be Mavatel a Gezeira uh, by a based in, whoever wants to repeal a previous Gezeira done by a based in can only do it if the based in that is attempting to repeal the Gezeira is greater in Chokhmah and Minyan, like greater in knowledge, wisdom, and number than the original based in that put it into play. All three. Well, two. Be... Yeah, over minyan. So it could be two and three. Well, that's, I, I made three. It's, it's probably just two. Because chokhmah is wisdom, uh, knowledge is the same thing. So it's you got you got they got to be they got to be have more knowledge or smarter or whatever maybe, intellectually superior, um, and they got to have there's a greater amount of people in the based in that are there. So if you have a gazera that's that you know if a basin wants to repeal a gazera, it's got to be a much higher level based in than the one that put it into play in the first place. That's the basic rule. Then the Gomorrah one, you know, the Gomorrah seems to, you know, have examples where there were Gezeiras that were, you know, that were repealed and you have to work out, you know, what license, under what license people 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 did it. Um, but here, for example, knowing that this is the rule, that if you wanted Ezra made a Takana, now you want to say Ezra's Takana doesn't apply anymore. Why? Because the reason that he made it disappeared. Are you allowed to do are you allowed to say that? So his comment over here is, you know, there's no reason yet to say that we need a greater based in, in wisdom and number to abolish the enactment of Ezra. As one can explain that since he specified a reason for the ordinance, namely that one must be concerned that a person will, will refrain from engaging in Shabbos preparations, and if the reason is void, then the decree is also void. That's what he's in, that's what he's uh, looking to try and explain as to where he gets this idea that you know you can take a takana that's made by Ezra and 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 neutralize it. So he raises the question, but doesn't actually. Ask no, he does. He says, uh, you know, he says, "Veloshayach kan loma." The rule of a bigger, of a more elevated based in is inapplicable here because the reason you know he sounds like he's saying that it's because we know the reason and once the reason disappears so um you know we can uh we can assume that the gazera disappears yeah yeah since we do know but then he still says i mean so that's why there's the question because we know the reason that's why the question is... Yeah, so he's saying, because the reason is clear to us, because the reason is clear to us, then we there's nothing deeper than that reason. And therefore, the reason disappears, the Xayra disappears. But he hasn't actually said that. He's just said it requires study to determine whether that's the case, since there's a reason. Well, it, does, it, 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 it requires study, meaning like there is this question, but um, he says... You know, um, because since we have the reason, um, which is, what is the reason? You have to suspect that maybe it will take up too much of, uh, of Shabbos preparation time. That's the reason. Now, knowing that that is the reason, that, that washing takes such a long time, and that would take up all your other preparation time, now that washing doesn't take a long time, there's there's no reason why it should take up all your Shabbos preparation time. So the reason is now dissolved, and therefore the Gzaira is dissolved. I just don't read it like that. Because uh, that, the way I'm seeing it is, he's saying that's why there's the question. Like no, I don't know. Potentially one can say... Oh, he's quoting the reason. He's quoting what the reason he's is. He's saying there is... 
because because he says because he specified a reason da, 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 then if the reason is void the decree is also void there is no reason he had to say so he's actually saying that he's not just saying that that's why there's a question and no he's saying there's no question no is he actually is this his eon um, yes, yeah, so he says, we start our discussion by trying to work out, you know, if the Takana of Ezra is applicable today. That's the question. Layain is to ask the question. Now we've asked the question, does Ezra's decree apply today? You know, why shouldn't it apply? Because every the reasons disappeared. So he says, you're right, since the reasons disappeared, there are those who would say that there's no problem. So this is the this is what he's saying here. Now, it, it's it's not always it's not so always simple to work out when a gazera will lose its uh, its koyach because the reason disappears. This is a this is a big question as to how one needs to define exactly when you say that a gazera disappears. So there's a um, I guess the start of of this kind of discussion. Uh, exists already in the times of the Mishnah and the Gomorrah, um, and the specific, I would say, launchpad for the discussion, one, one of the major pieces, is to do with a machloket um, between Shammai, Hillel and Shammai, with regard to uh, Tzitzit. So there's a whole discussion um, with regard to the obligation to put on Tzitzit on a four-cornered garment if you wear one. Now, the garment itself, um, normally garments will be made of one of two types of materials, in the old days especially. The average garment would be either made out of wool or linen. Right? You could have leather, you could have silk, and you could have, I guess, whatever materials they were able to, cotton, you know. But in principle, the, the average garment would be wool and linen. Let's just assume that for the sake of the discussion. So when you're looking to fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzit, you need a beged. You need a garment. Now, what does beged mean? You know, what type of material does beged imply? So there's a whole debate about this issue. You know, what exactly is a beged? So one could argue and say, well, a beged is very narrowly defined as wool or linen. That's beged. Even though you can use other materials, but midoraita, that, that is a beged. Midrabanan, the other materials also count. You know? Um, and you'd have to then disqualify other materials based on other criteria. So, for example, when um, when it talks about making a beged, it implies that a beged is material that can be woven. You know, warp on a woof. You can weave the material, the strands of material together. And that would exempt... Uh, material that is not woven. You know, if you take a piece of material like leather, leather is not a, we a weave. You know, leather is a simple sheet of material. So if you took leather, you cut out a four-cornered garment, and you punched a hole in the middle of the leather, you threw the leather on, as like a poncho of sorts, you know, you showed up, the, you know, some of the side or you put press studs there just to hold it on like a poncho but you've got a four-cornered garment made out of leather leather is patu from tzitzit why because it 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 does not fit the definition of a beged because it's not woven you know you'd have to then take the leather feed it through a shredder then weave the leather right and even then, you'd argue the point. You know, you could either say, well, now it's woven, needs to sit. Or you say, no, because it cut naturally, it doesn't come that way. Then even if it's woven, you wouldn't need to sit. That's the argument about, you know, the vest top sits it. You know, the vest top sits it, the nylon ones. Yeah. That's the argument about it because nylon is a synthetic material that doesn't come 
in strands. It comes as a sheet. They then shred it, take the fibers, and then make whatever they want to make out of it, right? So that net sets it is a vest of linen, of, of, of nylon. So since nylon doesn't come originally as threads, so you know you understand? Maybe it's not hive and sits it at all. So you so you can wear that nylon uh, four-cornered garment, but it's not hive and sits it. You're not you're not you're not in the mitzvah. That's why many people don't like those nylon sits it. Because nylon in general is like the same like leather. Others say no, if it was turned into threads, you know, then it would be okay. And that's the argument. Some say yes, some say no. Yes, so like that's you know no, it's like well, if if it's the way you know even if you do make it that way, even if it's not easy to do so, but you've got to walk on a roof now. You can, you know. So Ramosha Feinstein is machmir. He doesn't think it's a kedai to have those nylon those nylon sits it, and other other poskim will make ill. So, you know. If your kid is giving you a hard time and that's the only city they'll wear, yeah, go go with it, you know. But if you have have somebody who's wants to be Makai in the mitzvah, you know, with all the hidurim, you know, then rather stay away from such a pair of tzitzit. Okay, so that's that's just a, a comment by the by the bar. When it comes to when it comes to um what you call wool and linen, right? There, everybody holds these are begadim defined as a begad from the Torah's point of view. Therefore, you yotz have a mitzvah if you wear a four-cornered garment, for sure, of wool or linen. Right? Now, the question, of course, is this idea of linen, having a begad out of linen, it can cause a lot of trouble. The reason why it can cause trouble is as follows. The mitzvah of wearing tzitzit done in its purest form requires tchelet on the tzitzit. Now, tchelet is really two things. Two variables make up tchelet. One is that you've got to get the color right from the right animal, right, sea creature. So today we are pretty convinced that we think we know what it is. So it's kind of like a snail, a mollusk, you know, that you crack the sharp shell open and you've got the glands inside which have the dye. Right? That's what we make tchelet out of today. Until recently, until uh, it was discovered in the 80s, um, from the time of the, of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash until, until 1980, I think it was four or something, there was no tchelet. No one had it. There were one or two suggestions. The Radzina Rebbe thought in the late 1800s that he found it. But most people were, were didn't buy his theory. And this crustacean existing was around Israel. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think the actual greatest concentration of them is in Ukraine. At this, at this point in time. Yeah. But you can, you know, you can definitely find them in Israel. It's not like, you know, they, they they were very very rare. They were you know they were very rare. There was a big industry, but they were very rare. Um, now they're not so rare because of you know they haven't been hunted for thousands of years, right? How did they get there? They would. Yeah, they're not. It's not. I mean, I went I went diving with the kids to find them. So. Sorry. In a, in in the cloth door, you know, in Israel. You just take snorkels and and you and you just not that deep. No, it's not that deep. You know, so you so it takes a non-kosher animal to make a kosher. Yeah, it's a it's a sea creature. So essentially, what happens is that um, the the tchelet is the color, right? The let's call it the blue. But it also has to be fixed to wool. Tchelet implies wool and color. Now, if you've got a if you've got a um, tchelet industry, 
right? It's very expensive to get the tchelet. So what did people do in the times of the Mishnah? They fake the tchelet. They found a vegetable dye. That's the equivalent of the tchelet. It's called kala ila. It's the name of it. It's a vegetable. And they were able to make the same kind of blue. It was very hard to tell the difference between the fake and the real. So Shammai, Beit Shammai came along and Beit Shammai made a decree to avoid a problem. And the problem was there's too much fake tailored going around. And if you affix a piece of wool, the strings of wool, you know, to a linen garment, you've got sharpness. But the truth is that sharpness is allowed for tzitzit. It's a special limud in the Torah. You know, you've got a you've got two psukim next to each other, you know, um, where, where uh, the Pasuk basically says, you know, gedilim taselach, lotel ba shatnes, not allowed to wear shatnes, gedilim taselach, but you must make, you must make tzitzit. And we learn from there that, that the, you know, that the, the Prohibition of shutness is suspended when it comes to doing the mitzvah of tzitzit. But it's only suspended when you have the real tchelet. If you've got the fake tchelet, then you can have a shutness problem. You understand? That's why Bashamah made a gazera. So they came along and they said that we need to make a gazera, which, which said that nobody is ever to put sits it on a four-cornered linen garment. So then they... They cancelled... Uh, they, they didn't say, don't wear a four-cornered linen garment. So Just no sits it. Which means they were mavatal a mitzvah say, right? Like, you know what I mean? They no sits it because... To avoid shutness. To avoid a shutness problem because of the fake trailer. And Beit Hidal came along and said, there's no such kazaira. They argued whether the gazera was in, 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 in play or not. Well, it was a good idea to make the gazera. You know? Anyway, this is one of the exceptions to the rule that we follow by Chama. You know, there, there are 24 different cases that more or less 18 in one place, six in another place in Shas, where they, where they you know, we follow the, um, the gazera of Beit Chama. And so um, that's exactly what happened. That's, that's exactly what happened. They... Uh, they made this gazera and, and and we basically followed it. And you know, the Gemara in Masechet Yivamot wants to know, like, you know, how how could they do that? You know, you know, do the Chachamim have the koyach to suspend the mitzvah? Um and uh and the Gemara says, yes, they do have this koyach. Like we have, you're not allowed to blow shofar when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. You can't take your lulav when, when you know, when when first day falls out on 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 Shabbos, even though it's a mitzvah I say to do so. But this is the um, this is the this is the basic scenario, really, of the of this of the story. Anyway, it's interesting that the Rosh Rabbeinu Asher has to flee Germany because of the anti-Semitism there. And he, he's Germany, Ashkenaz, right? He leaves the heart of Ashkenaz, and he comes, he comes to take refuge in Spain. And he, he's such a great Talmud Chochem, a great halachist, that he takes over the basin of the Rashba. And he becomes the posseik for both Ashkenazim and Sephardim. It's a very unique posi position that he was in. So uh, essentially the Rosh, you know, the Rosh, trying to get used to his new town. And he sees that all the chevra in, in, in Spain are running around with, with tzitzit on linen begadim. You know, and he's wondering, how, how'd they do that? How'd they, how'd they? No, no, no. How, you know, the gzaira was no tzitzit at all on linen begadim. No tzitzit at all. How'd they violate that gzaira? So, Yeah. So, so the tourist, his son, he quotes, he quotes his father. You know, that um, he he uh, he was malamet chut. He justified the practice by saying, 
Well, the whole reason that we have the Gzaira of Beit Shama is because there was a problem of fake Tchelet, and that's why the Gzaira was in play. Now there's no chance of fake Tchelet because there's no Tchelet. So now no one's got Tchelet. So why do you have the Gzaira? So he left everybody alone. So you you you, you understand this is the, you know, um, you see that this is kind of the principle. Now, now this is what all the Mephoshim on the on the Shulchan Aruch asks the question, the Magan Haram asks the question, you know, but we normally understand that Gezairahs don't just fall away when the reason falls away. We normally understand that when Chazal made a Gezairah, it's like a law plug, you know, regardless of reason. And we see that in the Gemara as well. This is the big question against this particular theory. Correct. All these gazeros, right? So, um, how how does one therefore exactly understand which gazeros yes, which gazeros no? So there's a there's a good rule. Uh, uh, the insight is is written in a sefer called the Mishkanot Yaakov. He has said at um where he he discusses this particular issue, and um, and he says that there are two types of decrees that Chazal make. Um, and that is one type of decree has a reason, but it's only revealed, it's either not revealed at all, or it's revealed very cryptically. And it's done in such a way that the reason is not incorporated into the Nusach of the Gezeira. So when you read the when you read it in the Gemara, for example. Chazal made a Gzaira X. What's the reason? Not sure. This person says A. This person says B. This person says right. That's how the Gemara will run. So in the Nusach Gzaira, there's no reason, and everyone's trying to suggest what the reasons are. So, for example, we we, we didn't do this in our uh, we didn't get there into our, in our Kashrut uh, series, you know. But you know the famous Gzaira against against Gvinat Akum. You're not allowed to, you know, eat cheese that the non-Jews made. Vinataku. Right? So, so what's the reason of the Gezeira then? So if you look in the Gemara, there's like half a dozen reasons as to why, what they think the reason is. But if you're suggesting half a dozen reasons, it means that the actual reason wasn't clarified. But they have to have a reason. We just said in the beginning, they have to contribute Baltos if they've got to have a reason. Okay, so there's suggestions of six different reasons, maybe, right? Either way, we come away with understanding that Chazal never put the reason in there because they didn't want the reason to fall away where some person comes along and says the reasons are not. We have insight enough to say that this is a problem. And in order to make it a permanent Gezeira, they did not incorporate the Nusach Gezeira into the Gezeira. So when you see it in, this, in, the, in the Gemara or the Sforim, you just see that this was the insight. Because... But then you also can't say this was the reason. This is all. You can say this is what the Gomorrah... When you look at it in the Gomorrah, you don't know to make this distinction clearly because the Gomorrah does give reasons. But it's very subtle how it does it. Whereas here, for example, you know, um, you could say if if the Chazal had a very specific reason to make the Gzairah, and they incorporated it into the Nusach Gzaira, then if the, the reason fell away, the Gzaira would fall away. So this is this is um this is um the, the Mishnah Yaakov's Chidush as to how to uh, understand the difference between certain Gzairas. So when when you have uh, a Gzaira which is like this, they'll say clearly what the Gzaira is. It's not in the Nusach. So that so when you see when you see the you know when you see the gzaira uh, applied you know and you will and you'll say okay what was the reason behind the gzaira so if Chazal give the the reason even if the reason can be debated it's a little harder when the reason is debated because you say you're not one hundred percent sure but you say okay we'll solve for x we'll solve for y. You know, this reason, if all the reasons, or this is the main reason, or most people pasken that this is the reason, and that reason fell away, you can say, we don't need a basin that's greater, but Chochmah Vaminyan. 
And so this is this is what he's trying to say uh, in the Shmirat Shabbat. And the same thing is true, you know, by the Rosh there with the with the Tzitzit. It was a clear reason as to why they made the Gezeira. You know? When you say like in the Nusa and Chazal say, is that Chazal in the Gemara, for example, with this Rashi? Because it's Rashi who says that. Well, your Rashi just gave one of the reasons. But yeah. so it's not actually. No, it's Gemara. further back. Yeah. So this is this. There's, so it's quite a complex dis discussion as to define this insight, but basically this is this is his insight, and it, you know, this is whenever you see a gazera losing its power, this is what you think to yourself. I wonder if the gazera was made in such a way, you know, that the reason disappears completely. So, for example, let's say there's a gazera not to um, drink liquid that's left uncovered in a particular room let's say huh? <laughs> so if you i don't know you um you 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 get up in the morning you brush your teeth you clean yourself out you wash up whatever else it is and then you decide okay i'm gonna have a glass of water so you fill up your glass of water you put it on the side and then you run to go and get your kippah. So you, you ran to go and get your kippah and you left the glass of water uncovered. Chazal made a you're not allowed to drink that water. Why? So the reason given is that in those days they were scared that there were animals or insects that were abundant and they would invest their venom into the water and you wouldn't see it snakes in the light you drink it poison yourself so it's, you know that that was the the reason of the gzaira what do you say about today you know you're not living in the north <laughs> yeah so like really so this would be a big debate. There would be some people who say, the Gezeira is battle, don't have to worry. And others will say, look, the Gezeira wasn't given in such a way that that was the only reason. Chazal had other reasons to do it. But in order to make it palatable to that day and age, they said this. But really they had other concerns, whether it was spiritual concerns, whatever it is, that certain energies would, would rest on, on, on water. You're inviting trouble. Don't do it. So depending on your approach, this is what you would, would say again as well. So the Gaon of Vilna, for example, is very, very machmir on these things. Very machmir. He, he, he's, you know, he's not going to let you get away with the fact that there, there are no uh, wildlife in our houses today. He's thinking Chazal had another reason to do it. They just didn't say why. And you find precedent for this kind of uh, for this kind of approach, um, because I don't want some some uh, some chokham at the back of the shtibul to come along and you know knock out, knock out the gazera. So, but at the same time, they have to make it palatable, you know, for for the generation in in, uh, in which they live. So you have to you have to know how to determine, you know, what uh, what the nature of the gazera is. You know, I'll just I'll give you I'll give you one example. We may get to it. If we're doing Hilchah Shabbos, we'll get to it, but, but many uh, moons down the track. But let's say, for example, like this. There's, a, there's an Isur to make cheese on Shabbos. To make cheese. Asur to make cheese on Shabbos. What, what's the Isur? What malocha are you violating by making cheese? So the Gemara brings that Making cheese is similar to building. You take this liquid, you give it a shockle a couple hundred times, and then you build something solid out of it. Right? That's kill you like you made a, a brick. Fuck boy And that's it. That's the the Xayra. Now, 
you wouldn't be surprised if you said this over at the Shabbos table, you know. It just took, even you know, even a frum person would say, folding, cheese, come on, you know. <laughs> so either you could justify it and say, no, it's taking a liquid, making it solid. You know, maybe that's enough. But you have a building with cheese, you know. So the Natsiv has a chuva about this, where the Natsiv actually says something remarkable. The Natsiv says that really Chazal had a deeper understanding of the human condition, and they felt that there was a reason to stop people making cheese on Shabbos. But they had to make it palatable. That's not the real reason. Boine and making cheese are literally worlds apart. And the reason is easy to knock up. But Chazal looked for a reason to make it somehow to normalize it. And that was the reason, but that's not the main reason. So that's the grass part. Kind of similar. You know, but but you see from the way the Natsiv is thinking it through, is he saying that sometimes Chazal will say, we don't want you to do something. We're not going to tell you why, because it's, you know, some clever guy is going to knock it up. But we say it's not a good idea. And we're going to give you a reason just so it's like, you know. Well, I see, so it's Dafka not giving the real reason. Dafka not, yeah. Yeah, give you a kind of a reason. You know? It's like swimming on Shabbos. You know? Can you swim on Shabbos? So you'll have all issues as to what the Gemara says. We, we, we sort of touched on, we didn't talk about swimming, but we talk about travel on Shabbos on water. You know, we're scared you're going to make a, a, a laugh raft, you know, a lalo, you know, a, piece, a, a boat, canoe or something. You know, you might violate Shabbos when you're traveling on water because you might be in a position which, you know, which causes you to, you know what I mean? So... Anything to do with water on Shabbos, don't, don't swim on Shabbos. But then the Gemara and, the, and Chazal later on give all sorts of reasons, you know. This whole gazera that we said that you might come to build a life raft, you know, that's only in open waters. But in closed waters, there'd be no reason to, to do that. Well, closed waters is a swimming pool. Not only that, there's edges built around it. It's not even just like it's open, it's not like a lake. You know, it's like proper edges. The water's not really splooshing over the side. Okay, you know, the guy dives in, belly flops, uh, a bit of water here and there, but it's not. And then many of our pools have got, you know, slash throw, stone on the side. It'll hit the stone and then go into the water. It's not, it's not uh, you know what I mean? It's a kind of a ramay, you know, you know, it's got no... There's no reason to stop you swimming on Shabbos. No one's building rafts, man. You know? No one, you know what I mean? Maybe you say you're going to blow up a floaty. But most floaties today are not blow upable. Okay, you say they are. Okay, you argue the point. It's already blown up. You know, for that, you're going to make a gazera. You're going to... Yeah, so, so this is the argument back and forth. But there'll be, there'll be like half a dozen reasons. You might get water on the grass. You might build a raft. You know, in the end of the day, what's the reason? So, the end of the day, the real reason is, is that it's just busting it. It's not Shabbos. So, no swimming was a gazera. Yeah, no swimming was a gazera, and there are reasons given. Bachazal, you're going to come to build a raft. And the question is, what kind of a, you know, what kind of circumstance? Are pools the same as, as you know what I mean? In the end of the day, what I'm saying to you is, with all the reasons given, like half a dozen reasons, there's one reason. Just not Shabbos. But you say that, there'll be somebody who'll say, look, it's hard. I mean, this is Oynik Shabbos. Never mind, before you know it, you know what I mean? You'll have the minion in the pool, you know? So what I'm saying is that it's the same thing with like. You know, you can you can argue the point about playing soccer on Shabbos or sport or what's the real reason, you know? You're going to kick up the grass. That's the reason. It's my play barefoot. You know, you're going to pump up the ball that might go flat. That's the reason. The pump might break. 
you know, what's the reason? It's, just, it's not Shabbos stick. We've got to have an environment of Shabbos. You know what I mean? So you could argue the point with me. You could say, well, they just should have said that. How hard is it to say that? Well, because you, sometimes you'll find people who will argue the point and then eventually it becomes, make it zero, no issues, no plug as they say, no arguments, no differences, no this, no that, that's it. You want to work out the reason? Okay, suggest the reason, but you should know we're not incorporating in, the, in there. So how do you know that the washing of clothes on Friday is that that's not just a stupid reason like well, building a wrong. Because like it sounds like it was real. And and the way the, the, the Maforshim the way the Maforshim are looking at it, they're giving you a real swara. And there are people who are con contemplating the issue and fasting mm -hmm. that way. So they must hold that this is uh you know th this reason behind it. But if you tuck a hold of the other reason that it's like you're not allowed to do washing on Friday. You know, then maybe even today it would be a, a question. You know what I mean? But we seem to be makel today. That's the way that's the way it goes. Now it's interesting that uh, the Shmirat Shabbat, you, you've heard of the Shmirat Shabbat, yeah? The, the Sefer, huh? You know, it's written by Rav Neuvert, Rav Yeshua Neuvert. So um, anyway, he's a, I, had, I had the opportunity of hearing Shirim from him. You know, like a super, super Talmud Chochem, but, but, um, you know, on Yuchas Shabbos, he was unbelievable. You know, you can read here yeah, a little bit about, uh, it's kind of like a little, it's nice to read. Um, you know, you, you see over here that his family managed to escape the Shoah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, page uh, 38. What you said he was? A different name. No, you're sure know it. This is another reference. Yeah. No, you're sure know it, yeah. Oh, I thought you said Noivet. No, no, no. It's spelled this way, but spelled not in, in Hebrew they say Noivet. So his, his parents managed to get out of out of uh, you know out of out of Germany. They went they went to Amsterdam, bless you. And then when you know in, in the nineteen forty, when the Nazis invaded Holland. They 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 got out and they eventually they were blessed to be making make it to Israel, but apparently, bless you. Um, in order to get out, they had to get on on they had to set sail on Shabbos. And um, they set sail from Marseille on Shabbos. Anyway, they felt that their lives were in danger, so they got on. So they violated this gazera of getting on a boat on on Shabbos. But you know. Suffolk, Sakona, Sakona, you know, they, they got on there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what's what's amazing is that as a result of the story that 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 he that he violated Shabbos, Xayra drawn on Shabbos, he dedicated his whole life to do something about elevating Shabbos in the eyes of the Jewish world. And he did all his research on this on uh, on Shemirat Shabbat Kilchata. That was the you know. That's what he's famous for, anyway. All right, so look, we'll we'll um yeah, so um at the end in that in that orange highlighted block, um at the end of note twenty-four. So you see that I summarize over here. Um others argue that regardless of whether the ordinances remain in force when conditions change. One may still launder clothes on Friday. The position is based upon the Sharat Zion above, which indicates that the primary goal of the ordinance is to ensure that one has clean clothes for Shabbos. Thus, the ordinance may be understood to emphasize getting the laundry done in, in an efficient and reliable manner before Shabbos, which may be fulfilled today, even on Erev Shabbos, due to washing machines. Um, so, Vajja holds that one can be lenient. Um, and then you have others who say that uh, it's still appropriate to do it to do it, uh, you know, on um, on Thursday to get it out, you know, get it done. So I would I would say like this that. So sorry, can I just ask you? So the reasons given in the Gomorrah, other than. I mean, what no, the Gomorrah, the Gomorrah doesn't give our reason. It just says, 
He made it a takanat to do washing on Erev Shabbos. Then everybody started to work out what was, he, what was he driving at. But they were, it seems that they were confident enough that they understood the reason. Te'ilu as if it was incorporated into the Gzaira. You know, so, yeah. So I would say that if, if I think I would say that good practice is to get into the habit of making sure that all the stuff is done on, on Erev Shabbos. It's not hard to get your washing done okay, on Thursday. Thursday. Sorry, on Thursday. Knowing that if you're stuck and there's an emergency or there's something that, you know, came up, you can do it. You know? Now, there's now there's, there's another interesting um, idea which Ramnoivet uh, talks about, um, which is based on the you know, on the next little piece. I'll just mention it. But, you know, to go to go shopping on Shabbos, the Gemara says you, you should get up early on Friday to go shopping for Shabbos and Erev Shabbos. Right? So that, that's, that's uh, you know, that's the interesting point here. Um, so he, he says like this, that uh, if you do the washing, you know, if you do sometimes, if you do, even though it's good to do it before Shabbos, um, like let's say buying our food, because it's so available in our supermarkets, maybe it's better to go and buy an Arab Shabbos, not just for the quality and the supply, but because going to do work for Shabbos on Arab Shabbos is clearly in honor of Shabbos. And that might have an added dimension here. Sometimes in the in, in the days of old, it might, it might Prepare in advance for Shabbos because things take a long time and you might mess it up. In our day and age, Dafka do it on Friday because it then demonstrates you're doing it for Shabbos. If I go and buy meat on Wednesday, right? That's not for Shabbos. Even if I have in mind it is, somebody sees me buying meat, what do they think? They think I've got a barbecue tonight. Except that it says it's stuff that does need a lot of preparation. Yeah, so if you have stuff that doesn't need, yeah, if so if it doesn't need a lot. So it's exactly go. When would you when would you say buying I don't know cold drinks or, or wine is 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 dafka done in honor of Shabbos? Friday afternoon. Wine. No, but the, the soft drinks. And the yes. Okay. Soft drinks. You could. You know. You know. You know. Yeah. So you know. And if you like it cold, put it in the fridge. You know. But if you bought it on Friday morning, you put it in the fridge. You, you're done, Basha. So, like, another there is the swaro. Like, like sometimes you'll find that, that you know, and that's sometimes a plan. Got to do it in advance. If I do my all my laundry on Thursday, I've done all my cooking and my shopping or whatever on Thursday. What am I doing on Friday? Everything's done. Yeah, so that's why they. they should, make the color. I think I think it's got to be set up in such a way that. You got to save something for Friday. Exactly. You got to. You got to. You must. You must do something on Friday for Shabbos. But I want to make sure that the panel All right, so let me, we have to, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to say, uh, line of tov, no? All right, uh, everyone have a good um, Shavua Tov, and we will resume next week. Bezrat Hashem. Thank you.